Hi there, and welcome back to Romanticy, a podcast created by Dipsy. I'm your host, Faye Keegan. This week, we're listening to the final episode of Wings of Winter for now, episode 10. I say the final episode for now because there is no chance that we don't make more Wings of Winter. The listeners love it so much. They are begging us for more episodes. And everyone on the team is also just itching to see more adventures with Rowan and the human. In this episode of Wings of Winter, we have what I think is the best sex scene of the whole series so far. These characters on Wings of Winter are so intense and like violent and competitive and they're playful with each other. And this sex scene kind of is the opposite of that, but like in a good way. It's really sweet and sensual and caring. And it's really about Rowan sort of taking care of his human. This episode really leans into a specific romantic fantasy microtrope, which is tending to someone who's been wounded or caring for someone, especially after battle. The team really wanted to write a scene like this. I really wanted to help write a scene like this. It's something that we hadn't yet really explored on Dipsy before this episode. Again, just one of many firsts in this series for the writer's room at Dipsy. Next week on the Romanticy podcast, we'll be doing an in-depth interview with the editorial lead at Dipsy to learn more and go even deeper on the conception and creation of this really special series. But before next week, before we go in-depth into the details, into the weeds of all the different decisions that made the series come to life at Dipsy, this epic tale, you have to listen to episode 10. As a reminder, we have actually more Rowan content and many more fantasy series like Wings of Winter available right now on the Dipsy app. You can use code Romanticy to get 30 days free by going to the website at dipsystories.com. That's D-I-P-S-E-A-S-T-O-R-I-E-S dot com slash romanticy. And you can get 30 days free to hear hundreds of other uh, spicy audio stories made by us. But here it is, the final episode for now of Wings of Winter. The journey to the kingdom of the witches was long and perilous. After we escaped the castle, we flew due east and directly into the belly of a wicked storm. I wrapped you in my arms and simmered fire magic in my bones to help keep you warm in the freezing temperatures. Hawthorne skillfully guided the dragon through the turbulent winds, but as dawn broke, my magical reserves dwindled and you trembled with cold. Hawthorne looked at you with concern. A halfling you might be, but full immortal you were not. We have no choice, she said. We must carry on. We can't give your father's soldiers any chance to catch us, and we must warn the witches of the violence that is sure to come. I nodded solemnly and held you tighter as the wind stung our skin with its bitter cold. The witches had once lived closer to the Fey, in a forest settlement at the base of the western mountains. But when the gleaning began and winter came to their realm for years and years, they disappeared deep into the mountains. Their very existence was shrouded in mystery. Even I, 
who had fought alongside them in the Hundred Years' War had not laid eyes upon their realm since they'd moved into the mountains. I grimaced to think what dreary conditions their kind must persist in. It must have been one hell of a frigid world that produced the ice-cold and ornery Hawthorne. I did not know how to navigate my way to their fortifications, but Hawthorne flew true, and when the sun rose and their lands came into view, I could not believe my eyes. The castle was made entirely of ice, spiraling towers and walls with the clarity of dragon glass. You were asleep in my arms. You seemed to be slipping in and out of consciousness the whole ride. Your fragile, immortal body at its end from its time in the dungeon. The battle. The wind-whipped night aboard the dragon. I could still hear your heart your breath, but what was usually a strong and cocky marching beat was a weak flutter. We needed to get you some warmth, food, and water. I wasn't so familiar with humans, but I knew that much. You sensed our descent and stirred in my arms. You rubbed your eyes, and when you opened them, you gasped. It's beautiful, you said. Hawthorne turned around and smiled with pride. Welcome to the land of the witches, she said. The queen was expecting us. Upon her throne of ice and glass, she sat in a velvet robe of the deepest blue. Even from across the room, I could feel her eyes, cold and clear as glacier water staring into me. A radiant, I bowed. It's good to see you. Although I wish it were under better circumstances that I found myself in your domain for the first time. She nodded, acknowledging my presence and comments, but not uttering a single word. Aradian was known for being as cold as the kingdom she kept. This is, I gestured to you in an attempt to introduce you to the queen. But before I could, her voice sliced through the quiet of the grand hall, echoing off the ice columns. She requires no introduction, Rowan. Word of the famous halfling has reached us, even here in the farthest reaches of Aurora. You've created quite the stir. I might think you had some witch in you, if Hawthorne had not already informed me that your father was a fae. I was impressed with your performance. I want you to feel welcome here. I've set up a bedchamber for you in the Northern Tower. You and your... She looked at me with disgust. Male companion. Are welcome here as long as you want. May I ask you, how are your injuries? The bone is shattered, you said, grimacing. We didn't have time to heal it in our escape. She clicked her tongue and said, Hawthorne, take her to the healing ward at once. But I started to say, my father, the Fey army and elves, they are surely on their way to retaliate. You speak when spoken to, Fey, Aradian said. You may have been the prince in the royal court, but here, your titles do not matter. You are nothing but a fey male in Hawthorne's purview. We will handle the oncoming attack. But unlike your kind, we see healing as more important than violence. The halfling must be returned to health before we can carry on. Both respect and annoyance mixed inside me. I nodded my head and said nothing. Of course, your highness. Then turned on my heel, following you and Hawthorne towards the healing ward.
carefully biting on my tongue so as to not say something asinine. Hold still, Hawthorne said, and you winced as she gently touched your arm. I watched from the corner of the room, relatively helpless. My healing abilities were developed, but nowhere near as powerful as Hawthorne's, and I knew little of herbal magic. This is going to hurt, but it will work quickly, she said as she applied a green salve to your skin. As the concoction seeped into your skin, it was clear that you were in pain. You squeezed your eyes shut, and it took everything in me to stay seated where I was. I hated seeing you vulnerable like that, especially when I was so powerless to help you. Guilt still hung in my chest, like a tattered flag. We'd escaped the dungeon, but I should have never let you be hurt in the first place. Why do you look so pained? Hawthorne teased me. She's the one with the dragon salve healing her wounds. Was it a Radian? She didn't seem to like me, did she? I asked. I wouldn't take it personally. Hawthorne chuckled. She doesn't. What's the right way to say this? Tolerate men very well. The sweet sound of your laughter traveled up my spine like warm bubbles. I was just so grateful you were okay. I'm sure she'll take to you, eventually, as long as you don't say much. You laughed again, and this time I did too. You should get some rest, human, Hawthorne advised. When are you going to stop calling me that, you teased, pushing Hawthorne's shoulder playfully. Your face contorted in pain for a moment. Clearly, the gesture had hurt you more than you expected. Hmm, Hawthorne mused, probably when you stop acting as stupid as a mortal. Aradian gave you two your own bedquarters in a separate part of the castle. That was generous, I said. Oh, it wasn't a favor to you. She probably just wants any man as far away from the rest of the witches. Then she raised her eyebrow and said, you'll have lots of privacy. What? I asked. I don't want you two getting any ideas. I know what you two are like. The human needs to heal. No messing around. What if I promise not to lift a finger? You asked, a saccharine smile on your face. I'm sure Rowan would love to earn some of my goodwill back after all the kidnapping, ambushing, and bone shattering he let happen. You were joking, I knew that, but even that just was a stab in the gut. How had I let this happen to you? Hawthorne glared at me and I blanched. Guilt sitting deep like a stone in my stomach and anger flaring hot across my chest. Not at you, never at you, but at my father, the whole royal court, the whole fey realm. Yet it was rare for a day to pass where we did not make love. Even when we were apart, I thought of ravaging you nearly every hour. It was only now that we'd endured such mortal peril that my mind was unusually void of indecent thoughts. You seemed unaware of the effect your words had on me. Don't worry, I said. She'll be laying in bed resting if I have to hold her down myself. I scooped you into my arms and instead of protesting, you thankfully just burrowed your head into my chest. I nodded at Hawthorne to lead the way to our bedchambers. If our quarters were meant to be a banishing from the rest of the castle, quite a lavish exile it was. The room, 
made of enchanted and unmelting ice, was anything but cold. A hearth the size of a griffin horse crackled in the corner, and in the middle of the room was a bed bigger than any I'd slept in before. It was piled high with silk throws and furs. I set you gingerly down on top of it, and you rolled your eyes at my excessive care. I won't break, you said. You already did, I countered. Can you please, for once, be careful with yourself, human? Can you please, for once, relax, Rowan? You groaned. I'm fine. You're still healing, I said. I said I'm fine, you grumbled. You pushed yourself up on your elbows, but I placed my hand on your chest and pushed you back down on the bed. You narrowed your eyes at me, a little viper, but it stayed down. I brought you valerian tea, more blankets, bone broth steeped with ginger root. I watched over you as your eyes got heavier, as you finally fell asleep. I watched you, the steady rise and fall of your chest. Your heartbeat grew stronger. I finally, finally started to realize you would be okay. You would get through this. When you opened your eyes and saw me sitting there watching you, and suddenly, your eyes filled with tears. What is it? I said, jumping up. Are you hurt? Should I get Hawthorne? What's wrong? I asked, my protective fae instincts in full force. No, it's not that, you said. It's just that. I've never really been taken care of by someone for a long time. Or maybe... ever. My heart fell. But I know what I needed to do. I got up and walked to the bath, turning on the enchanted tap. The naturally hot spring water of the nearby mountains flowed into the wide tub. Already rich in lavender, rosehip, smoked salt, and the witch's healing magic. What are you doing, you said. I held your eyes and said, I'm going to help you practice being taken care of. You crossed your arms and you winced once again. You don't really have a choice, human. I smiled. Fine, you said. I crawled back onto the bed and gently, ever so gently, drew you into my arms. Then with a tenderness new to me, I undressed you, removing your leathers and linens as if you were the smallest, most breakable thing I'd ever touched, not the strongest and bravest warrior I'd ever met. At first, it was difficult for you. You joked and rolled your eyes, but with time and care, I could feel you relaxing into my soft touch. When I scooped you up to put you into the steaming bath, you banged your fists against my chest, but it was only in jest. I lowered you into the water and you sighed deeply. Is that all right, I asked. More than all right. It's perfect. You closed your eyes then and leaned your head against the stone ledge of the tub. I don't think I realized until this very moment just how exhausted I was, you said. Turns out competing in a life or death challenge takes a bit out of you, I joked. You laughed and then reached for the tallow to wash yourself with, but as soon as you grabbed it, I slipped it right out of our hand. You're not lifting a finger. Let me... I washed each single part of you with reverence. 
worshiping each facet of your perfect body like a sinner at a shrine. Every bit of you got attention from the slope of your neck to the spaces between your toes. I dug my fingers into your scalp, soaping each strand of hair clean and massaging your head. Oh my god, Rowan, you moan. That feels... I gently ran my fingers down the back of your neck and you shivered with pleasure. And as my magic slowly returned after its complete depletions, I brushed its healing powers over you, sapping away the little twinges of pain, the little scrapes on your skin. The warm, healing waters of the bath swirled around you. The tension slipped out of your muscles. You leaned your head back on your chest and a soft little moan escaped your perfect lips. Fuck, human, I growled. You looked at me with absolutely debaucherous energy shining in your eyes. Suddenly I remembered what Hawthorne had said. I didn't want to hurt you and our sex tended to get physical. She was probably right. It wasn't a good idea while your bone was still healing. No chance, I said. But we both knew the only one who had no chance of resisting you was me. As if you could read my thoughts. You said, please, Rowan, I need it. I need you. Please, you said. And the word ricocheted inside me. Fuck it, I thought. There was no rule against me fucking you gently, was there? I could be gentle. Stay perfectly still, I growled. I wrapped my hands around your front, dipping them below the warm water, going lower and lower below the surface. Fuck. You moaned when I finally touched you where you wanted me. I kissed the side of your neck as I touched you, my fingers working over you, and my mouth slid greedily over your skin. My feelings for you were always strong. You triggered my most animal instincts. But now that I had seen you so vulnerable, hurt, and helpless, I felt my protectiveness grow more intense than I'd ever felt it. And in turn, so did my desire. I'm not sure I never wanted you so badly. My cock ached painfully as I touched you, but I didn't care about that. All I could think of in that moment was making you feel good. It was because of me that you'd experience great pain. I would spend the rest of my immortal life making sure I also was the one to bring you great pleasure. Finally, I carefully lifted you out of the bath. I placed you carefully on the mountain of blankets and kissed your shoulder, then your belly, then lower and lower. You reached for me and I batted you away. No, I said, not me, just you. You groaned. Do you know how hard that's going to be for me? I think you'll change your mind. I grinned cockily ducking my head between your glorious thighs. When I parted your lips with my tongue, you were so wet, you dripped onto my tongue and I knew I was in trouble. Fuck, I growled. And then I started lapping you up, pleasuring you with my mouth. The taste of you was divine, salty and sweet, like some nectar of the gods. And it took every ounce of my self-control to stay soft and gentle with you. It seemed to be a challenge for you, too. You kept reaching down for me, and I'd have to push you away, 
Stop using your arm, I warned and you groaned. But I need more, you begged. Shh, I teased, burying my face back between your thighs. I was so hard my cock throbbed and ached almost with more pain than pleasure. Finally you relaxed into it, letting me fuck you with my mouth until you tightened and came. You looked at my cock with pity. I can take care of myself, I said. You need to rest. You look like you're going to explode, you teased. You reached for me again, and this time I pinned you down with magic tight enough to bind you to the bed, but not hard enough to hurt your injured arm. Is this what you want, I said, pressing my aching cock against your wetness. You closed your eyes and nodded fervently. I teased you where you were most sensitive and you moaned again, pushing your hips up to meet me. You like that human? Yes, you moaned. You want more, I asked. Yes, you moaned again. What do you say then? Please, Rowan, you begged and finally I acquiesced. Finally, bless the many gods I thrust inside you. But I was gentle, using all my strength to make sure I didn't crush you with the full weight of my body. Our bodies grinded softly and deliciously as I pushed slowly in and out of you. I slid my hand behind your head and lifted you to my lips, kissing you hard as I fucked you softly. I had been so turned on for so long I was not sure how long I would last. And you were tightening around me, squeezing me. Fuck, I said. I stroked once more, then again, pulling all the way out of you only to plunge more deeply inside. Fuck, fuck, I growled and you bit my lip when I kissed you this time. Come for me, Rowan. Come inside me. Please, please, you begged. And then I came, my seeds spilling from me in ecstasy overcoming me. You, I said, are a demon. You've bewitched me. You're not too bad yourself, you said. How do you feel, I asked. Mmm. Properly fucked, you asked, and I laughed. I met your arm, human. I released the soft binds of my magic from you and rolled off you. We were both sticky with cum and sweat. I think another bath might be in order, you joked, and I got up to fill it with hot water once more. When we sunk into the tub, I thanked Ariadian in my head so much for hating men enough to put us in this very, very private bedchamber.